0: What's going on? Wow, What's coming up? in out Piglet. of nowhere.
1: It was almost. I'm here. Idiot. Oh, perfect. Welcome to the AT. Oh, we got to record. Fuck. No, we're recording. We're good. Ah. How's it going, guys? I am Paul Ryan, your host of the ATB Fantasy Show. This show is part of the ATB Podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me tonight is my wonderful co-host, Mr. John McNabb. John, how are you?
0: Doing well this evening, Paul. How are you doing tonight? <laughs>
1: I'm tired, man. Let's just yeah. let's just put it out there. Let's be honest <laughs> with everybody, man. We're both we're tired. We're all tired. Right? Oh, yeah, man.
0: It's been an exhausting day, but we're here for you guys.
1: Yes, sir. It's been a long week, man. But, you know, we 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 uh, we wanted to talk some fantasy because I think what was it? Uh, not last week, but the week before we had taken a week off. And, you know, we, it's it's always good to not get into those habits, man. So um, we're getting, you know, the we're getting closer to the season. And I know we've got some good information for the people, man. And so we want to get some of this, uh, hopefully some some good info that can help people who might be drafting or looking for some redraft or trade targets, things like that. Hopefully help some people uh, make those decisions a little bit easier.
0: Oh, for sure. It's redraft season is upon us, my friend. It's coming very quickly here.
1: Are you going to be playing a redraft this year?
0: I have at least one keeper league. Um, so, you know, that's technically a redraft. Right. Right. Um, I have my home league, which is a redraft. Of I'm course. trying to convert them into a keeper, but. Yeah. You know, slow and steady wins the race. Right, right. There might be one or two more. And then that's cool. like that's it, man. What about yourself? How many you got going?
1: Okay, so you know, I used to have one that we did every year. That was like my first paid league. I was out of it last year. Um, you know, I don't know if he's gonna be running it again this year. My shout out to my cousin Ryan Price if you listen to the show. Miss you, bro. But um yeah, he, uh, he ran a, a league for a long time. And last year was the first year that I wasn't in it for, I think, like over 10 years or so. We had a pretty core cool oh, wow. group of people. Like it was my cousin, his wife, my other cousin, me, and then like two or three other people that had been regulars in it. And then, you know, we had to find some replacements and everything. But that was like my, uh, my number one redraft league. And then, of course, you know, I, I think I uh, did a couple... I want to say on Twitter, um, you know, here and there throughout the years, but I think last year was the first time that I was not in a redraft league. And I'm not sure if I think I'm going to be in maybe one this year.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, last year that happened to a lot of people I heard. I mean, I know it definitely happened to me, the, Two of the redraft leagues that I typically in, uh-huh. both of them had dropouts and just because of everything going on, yeah, they yeah, couldn't financially do it. A lot of the leagues, you know, they dropped their fees or yeah, things yeah. were changed, different IR positions, the whole right. nine yards. I think a lot of people were scared off.
1: Yeah, know? for sure. It seemed like a lot of dynasty startups <laughs> started last year oh, and then ended this year too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: dynasty was like MS- AMC just took off to the ceiling. People were home and they're just drafting like crazy.
1: <laughs> Everyone trying to pass that time man right (laughs) well john just for the people who don't know let let everybody know where they can find you out on twitter uh yeah you can find me at john mcnab nice and easy guys i am paul ryan and you can find me on twitter at paul underscore ryan 15 and of course in honor of our boy rich we cannot start the show without talking or without the the most important question of the night what you drinking john so what's in the cup tonight
0: Tonight I'm uh, playing catch up from the day of drinking all day. Yes sir, so yes sir. I'm uh I have ginger beer and a seltzer. What a kind ginger, of seltzer?
1: Uh, oh. Ginger mule. Oh okay, cool man. I love a good Moscow mule, sir. I know you were saying you like the Kentucky mules, right? Yes,
0: usually the like Kentucky mules give me that bourbon or whiskey, so that's my go-to.
1: What 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 do we have there in your cup tonight, Paulie? So you know I me, mean, you're you you said the magic words, sir. You said seltzer. Here in my koozie, shout out to the Texas Rangers. Oh, I have what my brother-in-law, Alonzo Maxiden, shout out if you're listening to the show, bro. I appreciate you. I'm drinking a cacti agave spiked seltzer. I got to say, man, it's very refreshing. It's a, it, This one is the lime flavor. It's really, wow. really nice. I did want to say this. <clears throat> so, you know, it's been a pretty big week for me. You know, I'll, I'll, yes. I'll keep it at that, John. You know that. And um, prior to this week, I had, you know, I'd always been a big beer drinker, whether it be like light beers with the friends we're playing beer punk, things like that. And I always there for a while. I really liked craft beers, especially IPAs. Well, um, slowly but surely, I kind of got off of them, switched to seltzers, kind of wanted something more, a little bit lighter. However, just in the last two days, I have uh, I've had tried some new beers and I wanted to ask you, are you a fan of like uh, the, the Shiner Box or Samuel Adams? Those which beers. one shiner bach or samuel adams
0: Ooh, i mean sammy adams you know that's that's local here so exactly you know i, I drink a lot of those um probably my favorite go-to's are their their summer ale and the summer the, shanty um, yeah uh yeah i think it's called the summer air though
1: is it called the summer ale okay because i had one yeah, I think it summer ale. and it was called the summer shanty and it was really light really refreshing and i was like man this is a good beer
0: Oh man, they have so many deviations. Hard to keep track. Yeah, you know, Boston sure. Lager will always be the one they always right. have. Yeah, um, but the, That's the summer one that kind of
1: put it, them on the map, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the Boston Lager. It's 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 a really refreshing Lager. Sometimes loggers can be really heavy. Yeah. But that one, you can sit around, have a few of them, and not feel you know right. that
1: feeling. Um, well, because the reason I was asking is because I tried a Shiner Bach yesterday. It was called. It's the. I guess it's their summer beer. And it's it's uh. Okay. It's sea salt and lime, and uh, I, you know, I was gonna ask you what what are your thoughts on kind of like the the beers with the with the fruit twist and <coughs> with the fruit flavor.
0: You know, I I actually don't mind it. Every once in a while, I'll have a. Um, I think it's called a Mexican shandy, and I'll pick up some Bud Light limes. Yeah. Some good tomato juice. Oh yeah. Uh, get some chipotle Tabasco sauce, a little salt, pepper, fresh lime. Oh wow, Mix it okay. all up, and uh, you know, ro- roast up a, a few steaks on the grill.
1: Yes, sir. That sounds good, man. So, have you ever had the the canned like Micheladas? That's the beer with the tomato juice, kind of spicy, all mixed into the can already. I haven't. Those I are pretty I good. Have. Really? Okay. If you like, you know, like a Modelo, even I think Bud Light does it too. But the one that the one that I had that was good is uh it's the Mexican beer modelo and it's the modelo uh I just forgot uh meat Michelada. It's really good. It's kinda you know, it makes you think of a bloody Mary, but with like a lot of lime juice almost.
0: Yeah, no, and that that's that's where I go with the uh the Bud Light lime because usually you'd have it with vodka. Eh. Oh man, I'm our best friends. So right, I stick to the beer. It's lighter. It's refreshing. Uh-huh. Like, so I I do like those fruity infused beers. Provided uh-huh. there's something to mix with them a lot of times.
1: I uh, the first time I ever had fruit in the beer was uh, having Blue Moon with the orange wedge.
0: Oh, okay, yes, that though. Okay, so if we're talking about pairing it up with the drinks, yes, give me an orange wedge with um. Oh goodness, with Allegash White it's uh it's local to maine it has Uh i did a tour there but if you do it with lemon i am telling you oh really okay the coriander blows up in your face it is such a great beer pairing i so oh give me
1: that yeah i've never really heard a lot about um putting lemon in the beer but my mom, she loves putting uh, limes in her Bud Light, her Coors Light, whatever. those lighter beers, you know? So I, I I'm glad that you weren't judging me for the uh, the fruit and the beer because that was kind no. of like a sin for a long time for those manly men out there, those manly oh, drinkers.
0: Man, drink what you like. I know we all have that same sentiment, man. If if you're choking something back just to make yourself feel manly, like I right. get it. I'd rather just sit back, enjoy a nice drink. I don't care exactly. what the hell's in it. My wife had a. Um, Oh, what are those things called? Is it the mimosas, the mm-hmm. wine, the fruit, and that? She had one of those today at lunch, dude. They were so good.
1: Oh, mimosas are so good, dude. Oh. Brunch, especially at brunch.
0: Oh hell yeah, man!
1: My I, one you know, of my favorite I, drinks is a uh, a cucumber
0: mojito.
1: Oh man, love a mojito, dude.
0: Right. Mint. Put a little cucumber. Dude. It's it's the it's one of the best summer drinks you can have. It's so light, so refreshing. Yeah. And before you know it, you can't stand up. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: It's always funny because, you know, my wife and I would go out for date night. And the, here comes the, uh, you know, here comes somebody dropping off our drink orders, and there's like this fruity strawberry daiquiri, or like the swirl margarita, and he's like, "Man, did you order the swirl?" She's like, "No, I had the coffee L porter," and I'm like, "No, I had, I had the swirl. I had the, I had the sangria that's got like the fruit cup on top."
0: <laughs> man. <laughs> so many judgments, bro. You yeah, enjoy man. your damn drink.
1: <laughs> hey, if I'm paying for it, man, I'm gonna drink what I like. Like just like you said, dude. Mm-hmm. Yep. Enjoy those drinks when they come your way. Well, John, we've already, we've already uh, gone off the rails here. I'm sure people are, have tur- maybe turned the episode off. Hopefully not. But this week, we're talking about the AFC East. And uh, just a reminder, last week, we talked about the AFC South. And the week prior to that, it was the NFC South. So we're sticking in the AFC. And this is kind of a division that I find interesting, especially for fantasy purposes. But, John, while we get into it, when you look at the AFC East, what team is your favorite for fantasy purposes? So, looking at my division
0: here, I'm really liking Miami. Hey, really there you go. Like, I like what they've been doing with that out of that front office. They've really developed that both sides of that roster. Oh yeah, it really made them competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have some concerns about my Pats, but with a lot of the opt outs coming back, and we all know that Bill Belichick freaking hates us fantasy football players. Yes, sir. So. Miami's my go-to. I like Tua. Their ADPs are actually really nice, right? Really? I think Yeah, so I looked up the ADP with 12-team okay. super flex, right? You ready right. for this? Tua's 59 overall, Waddle 75, Fuller's 129, Parker's 149, Gaskin is 79, and Gasecki is 102.
1: Man, so, you know, I'm kind of curious because I was thinking about Devonta Parker earlier today, and I have a, a roster with Tua, and I was like, you know, I bet that could be a sneaky little stack right there. And at that ADP, you know, I'm going to have to make a trade for him if I can get him. But I bet I could maybe throw out like a a third, maybe even a fourth rounder just to get a conversation started. And that could be a sneaky, a sneaky stack because we saw in 2019, Devontae Parker finally had his breakout year that we were all waiting for. And now he's got two. Well, you know, he didn't get they didn't get to play together very much last year. So that could be an interesting, uh, an interesting tandem right there. <laughs>
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, again, at those ADPs, I'm taking the risk on them, man. I I really like it. Um, Like you said, if, if, you can throw out, get Parker, sneaks in. Maybe he comes out as a wide receiver, too. Right. Maybe serviceable as a flex from week to week. Exactly. Bill
1: Fuller is always questionable, if you know what I'm saying. Exactly. So. And Jalen Waddle is kind of more of the, I don't want to say gadget, but he's like the smaller slot guy speedster where, you know, Devontae Parker, he's going to be the X receiver playing on the outside where Waddle can line up anywhere. He kind of, Parker kind of has the more so the alpha, the alpha traits and the alpha size. For sure. But
0: the, we can't ignore the connection between two and one, right? They played college not. together. Yeah. So, you know, even the gadget player, if they, you know, look at Edelman, right? For years, him and Brady connected like crazy. Yeah. And granted, he wasn't, you know, blowing up the pages, but he made the plays when it mattered. He got you good production because exactly. they had the connection. There was right. always that safe floor. So yes, I kind of.
1: You know, it's funny you you mentioned Miami because I actually like Miami the most overall as well. Again, the reason being is the fantasy relevant players roles are are defined here. We don't have to guess who the starting running back or tight end is going to be week to week. And every wide receiver has a different role on the team and they won't cancel each other out because you mentioned it, you know, Fuller, if he can stay healthy, he's a speedster and he's, he's a little bit more versatile than just being a speedster. He can, you know, he, he can run a, a few different routes. we saw um, just last year when he was able to stay healthy, what he was able to do. Um, I, I believe he was a wide receiver, a top 15 wide receiver for most of the season prior to be prior to being suspended. And then you've got Gaseki. I know that they, uh, they have not Adam Chapman. They have, they have a Hunter long, a rookie and they had another guy who they traded for, who was kind of a bigger name who, who had some games last year, but I don't think he's really a threat to to Tegaseki either. So his role was defined. And then Miles Gaskin, he, he's a seventh round pick, but when you look at the running back room, Miami didn't really add anything, anybody through the draft or free agency and the season he had last year was caught a lot of people off guard and he looked pretty good. So again, I mentioned the roles being defined here. It's nice knowing that you're not going to have to worry about a running back by committee or, all three wide receivers having the same skill set, not knowing who you can start week to week.
0: Oh, for sure. And again, at their price points, if you can get them and they blow up, right? It's value added right there, right? Let, let's say you send off a third and you get Parker, all of a sudden he is that wide receiver too. He's a flex each week. Will Fuller mm-hmm. gets hurt. All of a sudden you went from giving away a third, which is essentially a lottery ticket. We don't know yeah. there, right? Right. All of a sudden you're
1: in the championship. Hey, you never know.
0: I'll take those safe floors.
1: There you go. So, you know, one one team that isn't really, the roles aren't as defined is the New York Jets. And I'm curious, how are you approaching the Jets wide receivers in fantasy?
0: Man, the Jets scare the hell out of me. Um, I mean, it's it's a whole new team, right? New head coach, new quarterback, new running back, new wide receiver, uh, basically same old tight end. But it's a totally different team, right? So we we don't really know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for me, it's hard for me to touch anybody. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Zach Wilson the more I look into him. Elijah Moore has been blowing up at practice. I mean, we've all seen it all over Twitter, right? Yeah. He keeps catching TDs, so he could very well um, give us some good fantasy production. But the running backs, we have Michael Carter who has some athleticism. Mm -hmm. Will he develop? The offensive line, kind of
1: That is one of their strengths but they, they have added a lot of pieces to the offensive line just for yeah. conversation's sake. I mean, that's going to be one of their the strengths this year. And apparently they're in already in contract negotiations to extend one of their better ones as well. So I do, um, I, I do like their offensive line, but yeah, you look at, you know, who's, we don't know what to expect from the coaching staff. We don't know what to expect from Zach Wilson. We don't know what to expect from, from the running backs. Cause also Tevin Coleman is there with Ty Johnson, with Michael Carter as well. And then you look yeah. at their wide receivers. It's, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole and Enzo Mams, who was a early pick last year. Now he's running with the second team this year. You you have no idea what to make it make of it. It all kind of hinges there on on really the coaching staff and Zach Wilson. And and I didn't mean to cut you there off there, John, but I just wanted to say I I kind of like the at least if, if I like anything about the Jets, it's probably that offensive line.
0: Okay. I can see that. You know, I haven't done enough digging into the offensive line and maybe I need to give it a better chance. I know in the last year that, you know, that run game really didn't develop at all. Um, Yeah. You know, so when there's always a new offense, I always tend to proceed with caution. I I think most people do, right? Because we still don't know what to
1: expect. Exactly.
0: We can project all day long.
1: So, you know, for for me, the way I'm approaching is, it's already starting to become a bit of a headache, or at least that's what these early camp reports are, are making me think. And as of right now, the only wide receivers on the Jets I want are Elijah Moore and Jamison Crowder. I do have a lot of Corey Davis on a lot of dynasty teams just throughout the years who, you know, I've kind of stashed them, you know, still hoping for that breakout season. But if I'm in a startup or a redraft league, you know, my, my main targets are going to be a uh, Elijah Moore or a Jamison Crowder.
0: That makes sense. The my biggest concern with Crowder is this whole contract negotiation situation where they want him to take a 50% cut.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, does he stick to the Jets or does he move on because he doesn't want to take that? Because he is the veteran presence, you know, in terms of the the Jets. Because Corey Davis just came from the Titans. Elijah Moore was just drafted. So he really is the only veteran in the wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. To ask him to take a 50% cut, I don't think does well for the, the younger players on the team, so to speak.
1: Well, thankfully, just a couple of days ago, um, Jamison Crowder—you know this ne- this new snuck by me—but Jamison Crowder and the Jets agreed to a restructured deal. Oh,
0: I did miss that. Heard it yeah. here first on the ATV <laughs> show.
1: Hey, breaking <laughs> news, man!
0: <laughs> no, no, thanks. I didn't realize. It. Do you do you happen to know the details at all off the top of your head? No,
1: I, I don't. I just—you um, know—they didn't give out the the money details, but I imagine. Instead of him taking a a 50% pay cut, maybe they converted something into a signing bonus. Maybe they turned some, maybe he's getting some more guaranteed than he was. I don't, I don't really know. I just remember seeing the report that they had agreed to a restructured, restructured deal. So the holdout was had ended.
0: Oh, all right. So, I mean, with, with that new news. Okay. Yeah. I could see definitely grabbing Crowder. I'm sure he's not high on ADP. I didn't see what it was, but. He was a constant last year for Sam Darnold, at
1: least. So yeah. if he's I mean, already he had a street. lot of good weeks last year, man.
0: Oh, for sure. I, I had him on a few rosters, and he he was definitely plug and play on bye weeks and mm-hmm. different matchups. So, all right, hey.
1: And then it's interesting, though, because the Jets overall, you know, they weren't very good. But you look at some of the individual performances of Jamison Crowder, Braxton Berrios, Denzel Mims started to catch on a little bit late. Then we saw uh, Ty Johnson late in the season has some good some good games at running back. And then uh, I don't I don't know if Herndon really necessarily had any good games, but he, uh, you know, he made his presence known, right, you know, returned from injury and everything. So it's just uh, the Jets team is an interesting one because they look like they're heading in the right direction, but how can you really trust them in fantasy? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And that's always the, the big question, right? Is, is what's their floor? What's their ceiling, right? And you're trying to find that nice
1: value balance. So. Absolutely. Well, you know, John, this is going to be uh, i I'm, I'm excited to hear you answer this question. Cause I know this hits a little close to home, but <sighs> in terms of fantasy, Are you investing or avoiding Patriots players in fantasy?
0: So with the Pats, and again, as I touched on earlier, we all know Bill Belichick freaking hates fantasy. But (laughs) with that in mind, I I have been trying to get some Mac Jones. I have him in a few leagues now as a backup quarterback. I don't know that he'll blow up this year, but again, we like the the developmental portion of it. Bill Belichick's a fantastic coach. If someone can get production out of Mac Jones, it's definitely Bill Belichick. I'm not disappointed at this point with that pick, but for fantasy purposes, Mac Jones and Johnny Smith. Those are go. my go-to guys. Uh, I think well, we'll touch more on what I really think of Johnny Smith a little bit later here, but uh-huh. I think those are the only two real serviceable long-term fantasy assets. You got John New locked into a five-year deal, Mac Jones, rookie deal, usually four years, potentially a fifth-year option. So I like, I like those grabs. But I've been hearing a lot of uh traction on Jacoby Myers. Yeah. And I'm starting to darling man. Yep. I'm starting to wonder if you know, because he he has low ADP. He didn't do fantastic last year, but he he could be popping up as that wide receiver one for the Pats. I'm still holding that. It's there's a lot of talk this time of year. So I try not to read too too much into it, try to wait to see how things start to unfold. Mm -hmm. Um but I think you might be able to get Jacoby Myers. I know there's a little hype around him right now, so I don't right. think it'll be cheap. Maybe a, a, a second. You think Ooh. that's
1: fair? I don't no, know. I don't, that, I don't think he you would even have so. to offer a second. I mean, he could offer. You, he might. He's he Third. could probably be on the waiver wire in like a a league that has a 25 roster depth. You know, like you roster 25 players, or you could just get him as a throw-in on a deal. You know what I mean? Because it's it's funny you mention that because. A couple days ago, somebody sent me an offer. I have Javante Williams and I also have Gus Edwards. They sent me an offer of Melvin Gordon and Jacoby Myers for Gus Edwards and Corey Davis. I declined it because I felt like even though Corey Davis might not ever be that top 10 wide receiver, that top 15 wide receiver, I still like the potential in the new offense, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the young quarterback and everything. And, you know, maybe, maybe he could just finally had that wide receiver two season or, you know, he could just offer some of those safer floor plays, but, you know, I declined it because I didn't like, I'm not as interested enough in Melvin Gordon to take the hit at wide receiver, especially when looking at the wide receivers on my team. But is that a trade that she would have made?
0: Melvin Gordon, Corey Davis for. No, Jacoby. Melvin Gordon
1: and Jacoby Myers for Gus Edwards and Corey Davis.
0: I don't think I would have because Gus Edwards, we already saw what he could do last year and he could get some good touchdowns and run first offense. And then Corey Davis. Yeah. Melvin Gordon's the one that scares me off. Right. Cause Javante Williams is there now and we don't know if Melvin Gordon has a good season, maybe a first good part of the season. Mm -hmm. So what you're getting back is uh, much more riskier than Corey Davis.
1: Exactly. Gus
0: Edwards. So Yeah, I probably
1: wouldn't make that one. I do think you make up a good point, though. Maybe go look at those waiver wires to see if Jacoby Myers is there or see if the team who is loaded at wide receiver might have him at the end of their bench and he could throw a fourth rounder out there just to see if that gets a discussion going. Or like I said, maybe he's a throw-in. But, you know, the way I'm approaching these Patriot players in fantasy is – I feel like right now it's the perfect time to trade for Patriot players because of the uncertainty around the situation, not knowing is it Cam Newton going to be the starter or is it going to be Mac Jones? Uh, you know, is Johnny Smith going to be the tight end to owners are going to be Hunter Henry, who we've seen, who's has the, who is a favorite in the red zone by, by his quarterbacks typically. And then you've got Nelson Aguilar, Nikhil Harry, Nikhil Harry, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and then Jacoby Myers at wide receiver, you know, who's, who's going to be the, the wide receiver one. Well, a lot of people think it was Aguilar, especially after the season he had and what he was able to prove with with the Raiders. So, like you in superflex leagues, I'm 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 looking to trade for Mac Jones. I even think Cam Newton could be a sneaky ad if you maybe you throw out a third rounder and see if like he could be your quarterback three or you know your your low end with high end potential QB two in um, superflex and and all, and the other formats. I'm I'm targeting Nelson Aguilar just because. He could be the wide receiver one, and we know what type of offense Belichick Belichick runs, and we've seen Nelson Aguilar thrive in that offense when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. And after what we saw from him last year, he became more of a, a downfield threat as well. So whether it be Cam Newton or Mac Jones, he could be the wide receiver who's getting a lot of the volume.
0: Very possible, my friend.
1: It it's anybody's guess at this point. Yeah, exactly, man. New England's so frustrating for fantasy to
0: they always seem to do well right i mean last year was a a weird year but i mean the last 20 years he's been able to pull it off with like nothing wide receivers no namers Mm -hmm. free agents wide receiver ads like (laughs) right dude just yeah we'll see what happens there I'm, i'm glad to see the defense getting back to it so i'm very hopeful
1: also, when you look at the Patriots, though, do you think it's better for fantasy if Matt Jones or Cam Newton were to be the starter this year?
0: Man, getting all the tough questions tonight. <laughs> I think Cam does well enough this season. You know, he can still get those TDs, rush them in. Um, but I think for long-term production, I think it's best Cam takes over the realms this year, mm-hmm. kind of guides it, lets Mac Jones develop, learn the playbook, learn the system, um, get acclimated, let Belichick kind of figure him out, figure out his strengths, his weaknesses, and develop an offense around his skill set. Because that's what he does. That's what good coaches do is they look at the players, figure out what's best of them, and gets the best production from that. That's what he'll do with Cam in the beginning of the season. It's very possible that by the end of the season, Cam just isn't doing it because we all see him. He's not what he was years ago. And Mac Jones could come in and see some snaps, maybe when the games get ahead. Um, But my biggest concern um, between the two fantasy-wise is they have to play the Bills twice. They have to play Miami twice. Jets, I'm not as concerned. But Mm -hmm. I think Cam's going to be the front force, but long-term, it's Mac Jones. What about yourself here?
1: Yeah, I know. Just when I look at the players and the personnel and everything – and when I look at the play styles, I think Mac Jones would be better. You know, maybe not this year, like you said, but next. I feel like Cam is good for fantasy by himself, but I don't think he doesn't really elevate the other pay- Patriot players like I think Mac will. Especially the running backs, obviously. You know what I mean? Oh, God. Running back. <laughs> the Patriots' backfield just it's already a mess so and then you add a guy like cam newton and it's just you know if you don't have cam newton just don't even don't don't try to target anybody at all i feel like yeah unless injuries happen
0: then you can start to plug them in a little bit right but to depend on an injury just to get some production out of one of those running backs like james white used to be somewhat comfortable Mm -hmm. but at this point he's older you know and he had more of a connection with tom brady of course you know he's not tom brady not even close
1: so, you know, you, you mentioned Tua's ADP earlier. When you look at Tua Tagovailoa, do you think he's more of a high-end or low-end QB2 in 2021?
0: So I think I think he could finish as a high-end QB2 this season at least. Right. Um, I think that, you know, his his athleticism will help him in that regards. I think he'll get more rushing attempts than than I think maybe some people are looking at. Mm-hmm. Um but I see him as, I, I see there's just too much talent around him. And they've, again, they've developed a great team down in Miami. There's no way that he can't get the ball out to Gasecki, Waddle, Fuller, Parker, Gaskin. I just don't see it not happening. Um, I think there, there will be some growing pains in the beginning of the season. And I think he'll have a really low value. And I think it might be a better time to buy him at that point. Right. But I think by season end, he starts to really connect really get that flow going um, and really start putting up some good numbers I think he could end up um, helping a lot of championship teams come playoffs
1: right you know because I'm looking at his numbers right here and I know he didn't get that he didn't take over until week six and from week six six through 16 the fantasy season he was the quarterback 24 and he averaged 13.6 points per game. Now, those numbers don't really jump out at you, but when you think about somebody who didn't start for five weeks and an a offseason that, you know, without any real snaps as a starter, without your traditional training camp, preseason, you know, being able to get those reps and then also recovering from a hip injury, exactly. I, I can't help but feel like, and then you, you look at the additions of Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle. I think that, you know, I, I'm not saying he's going to be a top 15 guy, but I wouldn't be surprised if he were to be a, a top 20 quarterback in 2021 with the weapons that he has.
0: Oh, for sure. I could see that too. You know, I, I just think there's too much talent there. A few years ago, I remember seeing a lot more hype around him pre his draft pick, but the injury yeah. kind of had him drop. People were talking about um, tanking for Tua, right? Exactly so we can't just ignore that production that talent people touting so much about him pre that draft right and and think he's not going to produce now because he had an injury granted it's a major injury but it's up to him whether he can overcome the mentality of that injury and i think he's going to be able to after watching the last couple of weeks
1: yeah I, I agree and we you know while we're uh, finishing this up we're going to ask this last question when you look at the Bills running backs, are you taking a chance when any, with any of them in fantasy?
0: So I was on the Singletary train last year in a few oh, drafts. Yeah. Man, so you I, I grabbed one. one. I'm pretty now, sure I saw a lot you the back are... there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I thought he was going to turn into something much nicer. There was a lot, you know, back and forth. Singletary Moss. Singletary... Again, COVID really screwed up last year for a lot of rookies. I've been going with Singletary as a safe floor he put up about 150 points, depending on your settings, you know, RB2, RB3, flex type thing. I'm really, what I'm more disappointed is the Bills didn't address it either. A they think Singletary and Moss are good enough with Josh Allen in the mix that they didn't think they needed to go after somebody Mm -hmm. or maybe they address it later on. There's always still training,
1: right? Well, they did bring in Matt Breida where and I don't know what to, what to make of that because we've seen him in the uh, Kyle Shanahan offense. I mean, he was, I believe it was 2018 where he, I don't know if it was 2017 or 2018, but like for the first six weeks of the season, like he was the leading rusher in the NFL. I mean, I'm not saying that he's that same player now, but it's just, um, it, it kind of looks like that one of those running back rooms that isn't going to be fantasy friendly.
0: No, it, it's like the whole AFC East is almost just like a nightmare for most of the teams when you look at it. Bills, Miami, you could argue, you mm-hmm. know, like a lot of people are talking about in there, um, but again, New England, Jets, it's it's a tough division right now, and the Bills, uh, yeah, it's it's not pretty, man. It's really not. No, it's
1: not, and you know, just. For the conversation's sake, I think the running back that I'm kind of willing to take a chance on is I'm starting to like Zach more. Zach Moss more and more. He has a a complete skill set, and if he can stay healthy, I think he could be a low end RB two. Uh, and why I think that is, I think he could take advantage of some of the that, that red zone work because you know even though Zach Moss is a good is a good receiver, it see it did seem like last year that Devin Singletary was. Was the running back who was a little bit more trusted between the twenties, and then there in the red zone, they, that's where they kind of wanted to utilize. Zach Moss was the short yardage runs, the red zone, and there at the goal line.
0: It'd be nice to see him develop. I, I I really think that the only thing that kept the Bills from really proceeding into uh, further into the playoffs was because of their run game. Really, I mean. I mean, you figure they had a great aerial attack. Josh Allen's fantastic. That defense is stout, but they really lacked in the ground. I I don't have the exact numbers, but it wasn't impressive the last time I had looked of how many yards that the running backs put up last season.
1: No, it wasn't because I'm looking here, and let me see here. I just had it up. Okay, Zach Moss was the – running back 48. He had 109 attempts, 473 yards with a 4.3 yards per carry. Um, he had a long of 31 and he had four TDs and he also had 17 or excuse me, 17 targets, 13 receptions for 82 yards and another touchdown. So five total touchdowns on limited touches. That's, that's kind of interesting. And then you look at Devin Singletary, he was a, a running back 30. He had 153 attempts, 680 yards, 4.4 uh, yards per attempt, a long of 51. Wow, that's interesting. Um, and then he had two rushing TDs, uh, 49 targets, 37 receptions. That's a nice, that's a nice receiving total for a running back. Only 263 yards, though, and he didn't have any receiving TD. So, I mean, if you were to combine both of those, those point totals, because Zach Moss had 98 and a half, and then Devin Single had, Terry had 141.3, that's Eight, nine, three—about a little over two hundred and thirty points. I mean, that would have put them, you know, that would have put them in the RB, RB one territory if they could decide on a guy. Of course, I don't think Devin Singletary could handle a workload workload like that. I think maybe Zach Moss could probably handle a a two hundred carry workload, but they—they they both had for for the amount of touches that they got, they both had decent seasons.
0: Yeah. Again, not exciting, but, you know, decent.
1: Right. Well, we're, we're going to talk about uh, the AFC East guys that we're investing in. And, John, when you look at these these teams, who are you buying? What player are you buying?
0: Uh, so I, I've been trying to acquire a lot of Gaseski. Gaseski? Gaseski. Um, Especially in tight end premium. Um mm-hmm. You know, I could foresee him being in, like, the top eight. I think last season, what was he, top six?
1: Let me look at it real quick, because I got it pulled up oh, right goodness. here. For the things we do for our, uh, our fans of the show, want to make sure we give you guys some good information, but Mike Isecki was the type in seven last year, and he okay. only had 48 receptions, dude. Yeah, not many. I mean, but that 48 a- receptions, 656 yards, six TDs. That's a a solid season for a tight end, man.
0: Yeah, I'll take that production. I think a lot of people – there has been some talk from people talking more Hunter Long than Mm -hmm. Mike long-term. I I, I don't know. I know it always takes a few years for a tight end to develop. Um, So I've been going after Gaseski just hoping that 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 talk, that chatter that Hunter Long could possibly take his job might drop the value a little bit in the premium Mm -hmm. leagues here. So –
1: yeah that's a good Who one you find? my guy the guy that i am buying is mr miles gaskin you know was i was, I was nice. saying it earlier in 2020 during weeks one through eight he was the rb 23 and in the uh, 10 games he played he averaged over 16 points per game so that's a guy I'm, that look, I'm looking to I, i've traded for him in a few places already um and the places where i really need him i can't get him that's, that's usually how it goes right
0: Oh, yeah, of course. When you see the need and you see a perfect trade and the other person's just holding on.
1: Okay, so I had a guy, you know, that knee, that league that Nuggie runs with like the three-player copy IDP oh, Superflex?
0: Yeah, 32-er.
1: Yeah, so this guy, it was a, a day, I don't know if, oh, yeah, I think it was a day before the draft. He kept sending me offers for picks, sending me offers, sending me offers, it kept declining. Finally, he sent me an offer his Miles Gaskin for my fifth round pick. Of course, I accepted it, but then the draft comes. We know that Miami doesn't address address the uh, running back position with with high draft capital. I, I mean, uh, to think that I could I got Miles Gaskin for a fifth round pick, dude. That's well, on a team that value. I don't even need a running back, but man, I'll take that value all day oh yeah and i mean dude running
0: backs take a beating dude so you know i know you tend to go rb heavy and that's a smart choice yeah anything possible one of your top guys go out your safer guys you gotta fill in and if he blows right. up like everybody thinks
1: man exactly because on that team i've got cam akers david montgomery miles sanders and now miles gaskins and i, I can't remember remember who else but I mean, we you know Cam Akers is getting a lot of hype, but there's Daryl Henderson right there behind him. Miles Sanders, he's never really gotten the full workload. We've seen what he can do with a lot with the volume, but can he stay healthy? And then David Montgomery, was he? We saw what he did his rookie year. I was excited for him, and then last year he got to slow start. Then he had a stretch of five <laughs> games where now his does has his value exceeded his his actual worth. So if one of those guys goes down, I mean, I'm I'm happy to have Miles Gaskins on a what I expect to be a young up-and-coming offense
0: man I'm saying in regards to Montgomery if, if fields end up taking over I think Montgomery to the sky man. to the moon think, right dude I uh, God, Andy Dalton
1: but here's the thing though I'm just what I'm I wonder is is Matt Nagy going to to pull a Jason Garrett where we saw what the offense looked like the last six weeks of the season when Bill Lazor was, was calling the plays, and now he takes back over. It kind of makes me think about what happened with Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore, where the first three games of the year, Kellen Moore was just lighting offenses up. And then here comes uh, week four, Cowboys had to play the New Orleans Saints. And I know it was a big stage and everything, but it seemed like Jason Garrett's influence had really kind of taken over that game. And I just wonder if, because he's probably coaching for his job, if, if Matt Nagy is going to play it, like, really safe, you know? And I hope he doesn't.
0: Again, Lazar he got good production at Joe Mixon behind one of the worst offensive lines with the Bengals a couple years ago. Yeah. Well, and he got production at David Montgomery by calling the plays. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense why you wouldn't continue a trend that
1: was working. Especially, I mean, even, even Mr. Trubisky was looking pretty good, you know what I mean, for a stretch.
0: Hey, you know, unfortunately, he fell off the deep end.
1: Where is he now? Is he with the... Back up to Josh Allen and, and Buffalo. Oh, that's right.
0: That's, <laughs> I that's crazy, where I went. dude. Right? Picked what? Top five a couple years ago? Second overall <laughs> pick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's just
0: insane, dude. Uh, when organiz- Organizations make terrible choices, and then
1: they end up farting. Man, it's so bad. And being a Patriots fan, you haven't had to put up with too much of that, man, but... When, when just, it happens, it really stinks. Yeah. They
0: just don't make any sexy picks. You know, every once in a while, you want that that gushy pick. You know, you're like, ah, oh, that feels good. You know, when, yeah. when the Cowboys got lamb, I mean, come on. Like, couldn't oh pass on the value and pick. But it, it was, like, flashy. It was talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't get that. We get some random guy from some random school. Uh, and then, like, you know – we trade back told we don't have any picks
1: and you're right. sitting
0: there and yeah it's a little disappointing
1: the night that the cowboys drafted cd lamb i screamed so loud that my next door neighbor like opened his door and was like hey dude did you hear that is you know, what's going on i was like sorry man i didn't mean to scare you <laughs> <laughs> that was a good night uh, man i'll never forget that uh, feeling uh, but you know we're, we're talking about the player or we discussed the players that were buying you you were buying um Mike Osecki from the Miami Dolphins tied in there, especially in tight end premium leagues. I'm buying Miles Gaskin, running back for the Miami Dolphins. Who are you selling from the AFC East?
0: All right. I might get a pitchfork for this, but uh, if I have him, Stefan Diggs.
1: Oh, I got to hear why. All
0: right, listen, he put up 1,500 yards last year. He was the wide receiver three in most leagues. He, yes, he did fantastic. I and mean, he is a talent, dude. Like, he needed to go to an offense where they were going to make him the number mm-hmm. one target. He was, it, it, with the Vikings, he was falling out. I mean, they had Thielen. There was Kyle Rudolph, Dalvin It was all messed up, right? And it was Kirk Cousins. He finally got his opportunity to blow up. He did great. I don't see him exceeding that kind of yards, that kind of production again. I just don't see it. So I want to try to lock in, maximize, and sell him for maybe a younger guy who has, like, some upside and maybe getting picks. And, of course, it really de- depends on the development of the team, of course. Mm-hmm. But for me, if you can sell high on a wide receiver like that who's right. a little bit older, I'm taking that value all day long myself.
1: Okay. So let me ask you this. If you had, let's say you had Stefan Diggs, right? Would you trade if somebody sent you this offer? Let's just, let's just say it's, maybe it's a super flex league, right? And you don't really have any needs, but you have Stefan Diggs and somebody said, okay, I'll, I'll offer you Juju Smith-Schuster and my 2022 first. Would you make that deal? Contending or uh, rebuilding? You are a, uh, you're a Contender. Contender
0: juju in a first see if i'm contending yeah i got i can't do it for juju i really don't like juju mm-hmm. but a 2022 first if i have other viable options at wide receiver maybe somebody a couple years younger like the uh, michael pittman or okay. um, i got you You know some along those lines right Then i i would probably i might try to take that hit i, I might want something else though just based on his numbers his hype his level of value right now. I don't mm-hmm. think that would be enough to get him, yeah. but I think you could get somebody along the Juju or a little bit better option uh, mm-hmm. first. And maybe, you know, if you can, if I can get Trey Sermon throwing that deal. Okay. That so way.
1: you would take for Stefan Diggs, you would trade, you would take Trey Sermon, Juju Smith-Schuster and a first, or Michael Pittman, Trey Sermon and a first.
0: Oh, I mean, if, if it's Michael Pittman, a first and Trey Sermon all day, right? I might really consider that, that deal right there. Just cause I really believe in Trey Sermon. The first can give you again, another high-end asset next year, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Michael Pittman, again, I, I do believe just a big body wide receiver, he's going to blow up. So I'll take, I'll take that risk and trade off staff goods.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Cause I, uh, you know, I don't, See, you know, looking at his stats here 120 receptions, 1,459 yards, and ATD is also surprised he didn't have double digit TDs being the mm-hmm. wide receiver three. But you know, I definitely don't foresee him getting 160 targets again. I don't foresee him getting 120 receptions again either. Or, you uh, know, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't have uh, over 1,400 yards. So you know, this might have been a, a career year for Stefan Diggs, even though he's one of the better wide receivers in the league. This might have been, like, his kind of unicorn season.
0: Yeah, and I think Gabe Davis is going to come up there and take some of those targets, man. Yeah. Like, it was no joke. He was performing at the end of last season. He was looking pretty good. I picked him up in quite a few places. Mm-hmm. on him on my roster, so.
1: Yeah. I know Gabe Davis is another Twitter darling that people seem to really like as well.
0: Oh, for sure. Now, who are you selling, Paul?
1: Sir, I am selling mr will fuller and you know i know what he's capable of and i've and we've seen what he can do but my biggest issue is his health mm-hmm. he can't stay on the field and when he does man he gets busted for peds so he's either cheating to win or he just can't stay healthy you know I, and i hate to say that because you know when he's on the field man he's so good he's so dynamic but he can't stay healthy and again, You know, I don't know, as far as the PEDs goes, I don't know how serious that was. Maybe he took something that he had been taking for his entire NFL career, and it just, for whatever reason, ended up on the banned substance list. But it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth, you know?
0: What are you looking to get back for him if you sign him off?
1: Okay, if I had Will Fuller, because I know actually we made a deal last year when Will Fuller, before he got suspended, of course, you know, I sold. I feel like a we we made a really good deal because I needed help at tight end. You needed help at wide receiver, so we made a pretty pretty reasonable deal. I don't think we anybody won that deal, so to speak, right? But no, if really? I had if I had Will Fuller now, I think if somebody sent me like a pick from the two seven or the the two eight to two twelve range. I huh? I I'd, I'd, I'd probably do that and feel happy be happy about it because i don't think i can't imagine somebody has Wolf fuller on their team and like is expecting to start him every week thinking that he's gonna be there for them in the playoffs i think he's more of like your wide receiver three four even five with the upside to be a wide receiver two or even wide receiver one
0: yeah i mean uh I know many weeks, months now at this point, I, he was one of my big buys and I was Uh obviously I bought him from you. I bought him in a few other leagues. Um, Like you said, I don't think anybody's expecting too much. He's a backup bench stash. He's going to have good matchup weeks provided there's any injury on the other receivers in Miami. Um, But if he has those flashes, like he did in Houston, man, he could produce. So yeah,
1: for sure. A lot of
0: question marks, a lot of risk, but you know, worth stashing
1: exactly a lot of risk but the reward could be even higher you know so we talked about who we're buying who we're selling john who are you holding hold
0: <laughs> it's funny it's yourself
1: <laughs> it's well <laughs> okay. you know because most of the place
0: you know exactly there's so many question marks he could go one way or another as, as you said right you're probably looking to get a mid to late second do i really want to take that if i have enough at wide receiver I would probably take that. Mm-hmm. I put, I bought him more in the early second tight uh, territory. Excuse me. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to lose value either. So again, if he could blow up, I'll take that production. So I've just been holding out.
1: If you uh, on team, do you have two in any like super flex leagues or just any dynasty rosters? I don't think I.
0: I can't remember uh no you know what I don't have any two I've been trying like hell to get them um if I do I have one share um but other than that I have a lot of Will Fuller
1: I was going to say if if you did is like are you trying to target maybe a a Will Fuller or Devontae Parker or a, a Jalen Waddle I know you're trying to target Gusecki but are you looking to to stack two with one of his receivers for those those big spike boom weeks
0: you know it, it, I always talk about people doing stacks and you know what I found myself? I looked at a lot of my leagues. I don't stack enough, mm-hmm. and for better for worse, right? If if I believe strongly in a wide receiver, I'm more likely to try to get the quarterback who I believe in that wide receiver because I I know I can get the wide receivers points, the yardage, oh, right. the touchdowns,
1: yeah,
0: plus whatever they do to the other receivers.
1: Mm-hmm. So that,
0: but- that's that's.
1: The tricky thing about stacking, it's really good for best ball leagues, right? But for, like, when you're setting your lineup, your weekly lineup, it can be somewhat tricky just because if you have too many, like, all of a sudden what happens if if those guys get injured? Like, what happens if your quarterback gets injured? What happens if the wide receiver gets injured? Then it's kind of – you're, like, losing points, and then you're losing – not only losing those points, but then you're kind of losing the value on your quarterback or your wide receiver as well. Like oh, for sure. I have a team, you know, we, we discussed it a couple of weeks ago where I'm pretty, I'm weak at wide receiver. I feel like I have some depth, like if one of the, one or two of my bench guys can hit, then I'll feel pretty good about this team. But one thing that could put me over the top was I have Dak and a Gallup stack and a Kyler Murray and a Christian Kirk stack. And I feel like you'll, you'll see kind of, I hate to say weaker teams, but maybe teams that are a piece or two away from being a contender. Like if they might try to target that kind of stack in order to put them over the top on some, some weeks.
0: That makes sense. I mean, if, if one of the guys is getting a majority of the targets, mm-hmm. then it's, it's almost like a sure thing of production. Right. So right. You're landing those targets. You're landing those y- that yards. If they can get separation and beat a lot of the defenders. Yeah. Especially in the red zone. Oh man. Touchdowns. Those are the stacks I want. I don't of, know, of
1: course I hey to it to a mike iseki that'd be a nice stack to share i think dude i think it could be i'm trying but, what, what's funny though is we're talking about our holds here you're holding yeah. will fuller and i'm holding his quarterback to attack a vailoa match me in heaven my friend <laughs> yes sir <And laughs> it's funny because the the one and only boat bodacious beer he's not really a believe a believer into a and I've heard other people in the fantasy community question if two was actually good. Maybe he's not as good as people initially thought. But I think for for Superflex leagues, obviously Dynasty leagues, I think he's a great buy because a lot of people were overreacting to that practice report where he had, I think it was five or seven INTs. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's June, there's not a lot to discuss, but you know, that could have maybe could have opened a, a buy window there.
0: Oh, I mean, very well could I <laughs> definitely be pushing more to try to get them i know in the one league i really want them you have them so i know it ain't going anywhere <laughs> you don't need
1: quarterbacks you've got trey lance <laughs> you've got justin fields and you've got uh Charlie no, Lawrence. Right. it's so no. man i'm so jealous of your quarterbacks dude i still need to move one.
0: your vent. you know what you need to we need to work out a deal with sam because i have you're right i have way too many quarterbacks hey, right I now sent, i need more value
1: i sent you two different trade offers one it's a i think and i think they're both involve four teams <laughs> <laughs> right, but you know what you're not losing any of your young guys you're only losing aaron Rodgers and sam darnold and you're getting you're getting some picks you're getting some uh, uh you're getting a young you're even getting another younger quarterback and you're also getting a running back and a wide receiver so check it out when you have time dude.
0: Oh, definitely have to check it out. See what you got. I I gotta move some of these quarterbacks,
1: bro. <laughs> Dude, your know, quarterbacks are so sick in that league, man. It's it's uh, it's nice to see because you know you you uh, you took a chance with all those picks, and I felt like you had a, a pretty solid draft. Maybe I I think I might have approached it a little bit differently, but if you can uh, trade away, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Sam Darnold, I think you'll be sitting pretty.
0: I appreciate that. You you know I, I agree. There was one. I had to make some tough choices. I wanted, I, this off season, I kept trying to remind myself and I I probably was repetitive, but like trying to draft the best player available, the best value, right? Just go after it. And a lot of that was QB. So I went that way. I I missed out on Najee Harris. I'm not sold on him. That offensive line scares the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. Big Ben's getting old. He's about to who's, who's, who's next, right? If you don't have a good quarterback, you don't have a good offensive line. I don't know if Tomlin's six round if they don't have another good season this year. Right. You know, so Najee scared me off. But looking at the value, I could have probably picked him up, but I didn't want to lose pits either. So that was I had some choices. I wasn't oh. losing pits, I was going after him. Um uh,
1: but I hear you, man. It can be tough when you have all those picks for sure. Yeah. All right, John. Well, we we've talked about our buys, our sales, our holds. I want to know, who are you stashing from the AFC East?
0: It, it's, it's not exciting. Just because I drafted him with such low draft capital, I've just been stashing Perry in still. I haven't dropped him. He's been sitting in my taxi squad in most leagues. I don't expect anything. I really don't with Michael Carter there. But just in case, because he's the, the veteran there.
1: Well, Michael Perrine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Again, not exciting by any means, but if I don't have to move around, I have the extra bench spot. I'm just stashing them. Just keep it on the way. by.
1: Well, It's funny because depending on who you ask, I'm either stashing Perrine's backup or I'm stashing the guy who could be in Perrine's way. I like Ty Johnson as a stash because Mm -hmm. Tevin Coleman, I mean, we've known that he he's had issues staying, staying healthy. Michael Carter is a rookie. Again, he's got a lot of upside, but do we know what to expect from him? Then it's the Ty Johnson show and the Michael Perrine show. I forget. When did Ty Johnson join them? Wasn't I think it was, was um, in the uh, 2019 season because I remember he was on the Lions there for a little while. Okay. I had, him, I had him on a roster. He wasn't getting any playing time. I ended up dropping him. He signs with the Giants and he has a couple of good games. Of course, not not on my team anymore that's usually the how that dance goes but um he last year i mean let's see he played he played a few games but where he actually was the starter week 13 22 attempts 104 yards and a touchdown and then he had another decent game here against the England, week 17 um just 11 carries for 45 yards and then Two receptions for twenty-three yards. I mean, he never really got a lot of opportunities, but the time that he actually got to, uh, he put up seventeen point seven points. And then he had another week where he had eleven and a half. And then um, he got, for the limited sample size, I mean, he he was kind of he he got a few targets as well.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, again afc east the running back situation is a nightmare all the way around so uh-huh. ty johnson you know he could blow up because again you know he, he was talked about for the lions that's why i remember him from i know i picked him up a couple years ago too just in case because uh, i think i had carry on johnson at that point or uh-huh. so whatever it may be but i could see either ty johnson again i don't think
1: either one of them really exciting right right exactly these are just guys that you're hoping you know might get could could be late season or bye week fill-ins but um you know they're, they're on your waiver wire and it, it never hurts to, to stash guys like that right
0: oh yeah i mean if they have great games and somebody offers me anything for them
1: mm-hmm. cut
0: by give me the pick give me the low and wide receiver whatever it may be anything with better upside than that
1: Absolutely. Well, moving on to our next topic, who scores more? Uh, this is going to be a pretty easy answer here, uh, but which AFC East quarterback will score the most points, fantasy points in 2021?
0: Hmm. Who in the AFC <laughs> East possibly could score the most points at quarterback? Um, what's his name? Um, Josh Allen. Have you yeah, heard of him? I
1: think so. Safe, right. safe call. He has, he has a safe floor, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Safe floors. <laughs> awesome ceiling. I mean, th- there's oh, no man. other competition at QB. I, I just everything's risky out there. So give me Josh Allen all day long. I'm, I'm assuming you might be uh, thinking the same thing here, Paul.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking Josh Allen as well. And I, I kind of feel like he should have won the MVP last year, man.
0: <sighs> man, he had a crazy season. It was so good. I, I won't dispute on that. It, it There was a lot of talks about he should have been the MVP, and, and, and I see it, man. I mean,
1: how many TDs did he throw last year? Let's see. Mr. Josh Allen last year, he threw, I believe it was, man, I want to say it was 35, but just to be certain, let's see. From weeks one through 16, Josh Allen had 34 passing TDs, and eight rushing TDs, so a total of forty-two TDs.
0: So that's so weird. So I just went to Sleeper, right, and it's yeah. showing thirty-seven TDs and eight on the ground.
1: Okay, because uh, the reason being is Sleeper they they uh, they count all stats from weeks one through seventeen.
0: Uh, oh, that's weird. I and I'm, sure. I was just
1: doing weeks one through sixteen because it's not often. Okay. I I guess it will start this year, but uh prior to this year you know most leagues didn't have games played week 17 so i, I don't i kind of find those those stats are a bit ir- irrelevant for fantasy purposes
0: okay that makes a lot of sense i think it threw me off because i always assumed that it was only the 16 games because it shows 16 games yeah so i just okay i didn't know that
1: was the case
0: so they show the set the week 17 stat too did i totally miss that and just completely ignore it half the time
1: you you might have because I know I did. <laughs> Whoops! Hey, Paul, thanks for that. <laughs> hey, man, we're we're just dropping uh, we're breaking news all all night here, man. Shit. <laughs> well, so let's moving on to running backs, John. Who do you, which AFC East running back do you think will score the most fantasy points this this season?
0: Uh, safest running back in the AFC East. I feel like we're both going to be on line here, Gaskin.
1: Oh yeah. Same here. I'm ex- I'm yeah. excited to see what he can do. I know he's, he's kind of had issues with health dating all the way back to his college college career, but man, he, he really took the world by storm last year. And again, I really like this Miami offense. I know that that's a team that we're both looking to invest in. Um, you know, that's our favorite team to invest in for fantasy purposes out of this division. So yeah, Miles Gaskins, a pretty easy choice here as well. So when you move on to the uh, wide receivers, which AFC East wide receiver do you think will score the most points in 2021?
0: Well, I think he'll be attached to the, uh, the top quarterback of the league or yes, the uh, league <laughs> of the East here, um, Mr. Stefan Diggs. I know I want to sell him off and try mm-hmm. to get maximum value, but right. there's no other wide receiver that I can see getting the kind of volume he'll get. Mm-hmm. I just don't.
1: Agreed. I'm right there with you, Stefan Diggs. Easily the most talent, talented wide receiver in the division. The connection between Diggs and Allen is undeniable. I think there's a chance, man. Call me crazy. I know that I said I don't think he'll get 120 receptions again or over 1,400 yards, but maybe he gets an up, uptick in in TDs, but I could see them being even better this year than they were last year, if that's possible.
0: I hope you're right. It's, for years, it was the Patriots division, but those Bills, man, they snuck right up. They are exciting to watch. They're I, a
1: fun team now, man. They uh, really are.
0: Josh Allen's got such a personality, man, plus he can he can really fucking play, man. Yeah. So, I
1: hope. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 by all means. I was just going to ask were you on Twitter the year that Josh Allen was like the the draft class for Josh Allen when he was going into the draft and everything?
0: I I don't know that I was on during what that was what 2018?
1: Yeah, I guess 20 the off season of 20 18 going for the 20 yeah for the 2018 season yes sir
0: okay i may have just started getting more into it in 2018 so i i don't remember much
1: of the the talkings then were, yeah, i'm yeah. assuming were you there i was were there you- man and it's it's just funny because everybody and their mom was saying how josh allen would never never succeed in the nfl that he was gonna be a bust that he you know his he'll never be an accurate passer um this that and the other and just to see you know I didn't know much about Allen because I don't watch a lot of college football but I just remember hearing nothing but hate against him over and over like every single day and I I got to a point where I was like okay everybody hates this guy so much I I really hope that he takes the world by storm you know that he he comes in and and uh, you know, just improves each year, and, and and isn't a bust, and has a has a good career. Or, you know, at least has a good a good season, and to see what he's become, man, it it's a nice redemption story, I guess, just to see what people were saying then to to how they talk about him now. Oh, that's pretty awesome.
0: I love seeing that when some, when everybody's down on somebody mm-hmm. and then they just pop off like Antonio Gibson, he was exactly. getting pushed into the late second, yeah. third round of rookie drafts oh, man. and he yeah. won a lot of people games. Yes, And now, sir. now he's, now he's considered a top five running back. He, you remember the coach talk where he said, this is close to Christian McCaffrey. Oh yeah. I remember that. That narrative is the reason I picked him up late in those things. I was like, all right, we'll take a shot. Who cares, right? Exactly. Everybody, everybody was on the Geist train, and I wasn't thinking on Geist. And I was like, anything's possible. All of a sudden, Geist was gone. Mm-hmm. And there it was, right?
1: Right. On a silver platter, right?
0: Oh, great value. I turned him around for a lot of value, too, in a couple of leagues.
1: Not not a bad move. I can't blame me there. All right, so we've talked about the quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Which AFC East tight end will score the most fantasy points in 2021?
0: so I am still torn yeah I know I'm targeting Gasecki, but Johnny Smith
1: yeah Johnny Smith
0: is no joke man I I see that that if it is Cam Newton that Cam Newton to Greg Olson type connection uh red zone targets last year he had what eight TDs I think maybe it was a couple less because I I looked at the sleeper um but nonetheless he had a lot of a lot of touchdowns last year Mm -hmm. again five-year uh contract here that there's no way they don't use them There's no way.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I know Johnny Smith, even though he's never had more than 500 receiving yards in any four of the seasons that he's played in the NFL, which I found that really crazy. uh, I I do think it's going to be Johnny Smith will be the number one scoring AFC East fantasy tight end, even over Gusecki, who, um, again, I can't stop talking about this Miami Dolphins offense.
0: Yeah, man. (laughs) We just became the Miami Dolphins show here, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> okay, so, what what AFC East rookie do you think is going to have the uh score the most fantasy points in twenty twenty one, John?
0: I want to believe it's going to be Michael Carter.
1: Oh, I like that pick, dude.
0: He's a talented running back. Yes, sir. Um, again, he's probably the most exciting person we could see blow up in the East as mm-hmm. far as running back the aside from Gaskin, um, but. Again, I, there was so much talks about him. There's so much talent. I know. Again, Rich, he's all over him. He he he's enamored with him as yeah. well. You know, and and I gotta respect his game too because Rich tends to pick out some good running backs. Um, so, but again, the talent's there. You know, and it's a new offense. If you can develop against Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Michael Carter all in one offense together to start, mm. I think he could uh, put himself on the map.
1: Absolutely. yourself, Paul? You know, this was a tough one for me because there are three rookies I really like in this division, Michael Carter being one. But I'm going with Elijah Moore, man. It's just the early report stating that he's lining up in the slot and on the outside. I think he's going to be a week one starter. And not a lot of rookies can say that. You know, maybe Jalen Waddle is going to be able to say that. Uh, you know, we don't know about Michael Carter. But I think there's going to be – we're going to see a special season from Mr. Elijah Moore, man. I really do.
0: Yeah. Again, with all that hype on touchdowns, if, if he keeps doing that – He'd be mm-hmm. a TD monster, even if he gets like let's say seven, eight hundred yards, right, his rookie season. But if he he gets double digits touchdowns because that they make, keep making that connection, yeah, dude. He, he's mostly what a, a mid-second rookie draft for most dynasties, right? And if he can perform in like let's say top twenty, top twenty-four,
1: hey, you wouldn't be mad at that with a with a late first round pick, right? No,
0: I'll take that.
1: Okay, John. Well, last week I had our first ever ATB hot take on the show. Again, just to remind everybody, I said that I think Derrick Henry is going to have more rushing TDs than Justin Fields will have TDs in 2021. So well, we thought this was something we'd uh, we'd uh, make a hot take every week. So what is going to be your AFC East hot take for 2021?
0: So as I said, I'm torn on tight end, but I'm going John U. Smith
1: top four. Tight end. Oh, top four. Okay, I like it. I like it. It's uh, It's like the uh, hotter than a jalapeno, like Serrano, but still enjoyable. That's
0: right. <laughs>
1: Shooting <laughs> shoot for the stars here. Yes, sir. Mine is. I don't know how spicy you might think this is, but I think Jalen Waddle will have ten total TDs in 2021. Okay. Is hey. that is that? would that be considered hot? What do you think?
0: I think. Anytime you talk about a rookie getting double-digit touchdowns, me personally, I think it's a hot take. Yeah. Because it, it takes time to develop in offenses. And, again, he he does have some connection with some of the other players already mm-hmm. there. So there is a lot of competition for targets. Right. So it's it's going to see, can Tua get back to his ways with Waddle from college? Uh, will it be Devontae Parker? Will it be Will Fuller? Will it be Gasecki again? Will it be Gaskin? You know, so I, I like it, man. I like the boldness.
1: Yes, sir. I thought I thought the 10 total TDs, I-, I feel like it's realistic enough to actually happen because of his, what I think his role on the team will be at the same time though. It's not often that even the best wide receivers in the league have 10 receiving TDs, let alone 10 total TDs. So but, you know, basing it on that number, I felt like it was just hot enough to where I'm not being like, uh, what's that? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, not, not looking for clicks, if you will. Not clickbait type, you know what I mean? Baiting. <laughs> yeah, get that <laughs> hook, line, and sinker, my friend. <laughs> well, John, I appreciate the discussion as always, sir. While we wrap it up, before we get out of here, reminding the people where we can find you out on Twitter. Uh, you can
0: find me at John McNabb.
1: That easy. Yes, sir. Again, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you guys joining us and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.